Welcome to the German Fußball Podcast. I'm as always joined by my dad. And dad, we always like to do this in the beginning where we give ourselves a little update on where we are in the world. You currently find yourself in a car that you are very much used to, but where in the world right now? I'm not 100% sure where I am at the moment. Uh, I am somewhere between Salzburg and Munich. Uh, I worked and was... I was at a discussion yesterday at Sky, the called Sky Corner, where we follow the, the, the two games, obviously mostly following Manchester City against Bayern Munich. And, and tonight I'm going to be in Salzburg by Servus TV, uh, which is the Red Bull TV station. And we are doing Chelsea Real Madrid. So now I'm sitting in the traffic, uh, take a, a little rest. And uh, but, but listen... Um, uh, I've I've been following you uh, obviously with all your favorite clubs, all your favorite players, and I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to uh, to get you to to meet Thierry Henry when he played at Arsenal, and you also was there when he signed for New York Red Bulls. We were coincidentally through our my friend and colleague Eric Soler, who was the head of sport, and this week you met him in a job situation. Tell us about that. Yeah, indeed. Three times lucky. But yeah, I remember that well. We went to, to Arsenal Rosenborg back in the day, Dad, and, and we met the, the Arsenal team. And that's the infamous incident in which uh, we asked uh, Patrick Vieira for an autograph. And he said one moment and then he punched Loren in the face, I believe, and came out <laughs> and was the kindest man alive. And then with the New York Red Bulls. But for me, Thierry Henry, as an Arsenal fan, he is the greatest Premier League player uh, I think we've seen just in terms of uh, how he dominated and what have you. And this year marks the PFA Awards 50th anniversary. And the reason why that's special is because that, as you know, I I guess the greatest accolade is being voted for by your players, which the PFA is because all players are members. So uh, he's a two-time winner, won it two years in a row, one of which being the invincible season. And I've never seen a guy speak more passionately about assists about providing for players. And so for him being such a great goal scorer, most of the chat was about how to be a, a beneficiary for the team. So yeah, memorable experience and one of the all-time greats. The, the good thing about Thierry Henry is that I'm not sure how successful he will be as a coach because you live and die by results and he's tried that out in some clubs. But there is something about him and I, and I guess you can confirm that there's something about it when he speaks. He speaks in the way that he played football. It's yeah. like he's kind of it's kind of gliding or it's just like above yeah. the surface. Somebody is that is that correct? Yeah, but he's got an aura, doesn't he? Just because the player he was, and one of the other winners was Cantona, and you played against Cantona, and the aura he trans you know transmitted. Um, was something indescribable and you know this playing against him much better than I did but I like to think that and Thierry Henry said that himself he looked at him and you know the collar up and this arrogance but backed up by incredible skill so yeah a a, a you can't really celebrate the awards without Thierry Henry and unfortunately now this is our segue um, the Bundesliga never got to see his skills more so but if we go into that dad we've decided for this episode you're in Salzburg I'm in London. 
um, we look to make it about the recent happenings, not only yesterday's result with Bayern against City, Guardiola against Tuchel, that narrative. You're following Ancelotti against Chelsea today and that narrative. But let's actually start with the, with the Bayern game then and and discuss, you know, from my standpoint, I didn't think Bayern had the worst of games. But having said that, 3-0, you bring in Tuchel, what is it to make of the situation with all the things that we've discussed leading into this? Oh, don't get me started. As you know, I'm a, I've been a big follower of Bayern Munich since I was eight years of age. This is a 75. Bayern Munich won the, the Europa Cup final against my then my later favorite team, Leeds United. They won 2 0. The start of an hour, or it was the middle of an hour, with Sepp Meyer, with Gert Müller, with Franz Beckenbauer, and all the rest of the the big stars. And Uli Ernest took over the club and they've been a giant since he was 27. This was the end of the 70s. And Bayern is a fascinating club because it's a world brand. It's a global brand. At the same time, it's a family club. It's uh, They do it among themselves. Uh, that's why they always, when they put people into positions, the best CV you can have is to have played for Bayern Munich uh, or you have been once a coach like Otma Itzfeld, Jupp Heynke has been Several times, I can't count them. So, so here we are, that the inconsistency this season, or the, or, yeah, this season, I must say, and especially the beginning of 2023, when Dortmund took 10 points to them, they came back and making it a real battle for the Bundesliga. They decided it was time to get Julian Nagelsmann out. But mind you, that in Bayern, they always talk about eras. Eras? Is that an English word for yep. Eras? They're going to they're gonna stay forever. Kovac going to stay forever. Uh, Hansi Flick going to stay forever. They're all going to stay forever. Julian Nagelsmann, wow, this is the beginning of an era. 21 months later, ski holiday, gone. So you bring in Thomas Tuchel. You know, I'm a big fan of Thomas Tuchel. I think that he got that mixture of humanity. And a lot of people don't say that he has. But I, I, I had kind of found it, but I haven't been in a dressing room with him. And this madness, I think that's what you need to be a coach. So come in, uh, please, Mr. Tuchel, can you help us out? Because we want to win the trouble. So four games later, they're out of the cup, Freiburg. They're out of the Champions League in the practically stuff. They're out of it. And yesterday, yes, I understand what you're saying. Because in the first half, Musiala had a big chance. Great block from the Manchester City defenders that they, they could be one nil up. And yeah maybe this, maybe that, but, but still I when you saw over the 90 minutes uh, it was Premier League against the Championship I mean that was Esther Liga against Vita Liga big, big chance and, and big, big difference meaning what is Bayern going to do now and quite interesting now they have played a coach card that has already been played so you're out of two cups remember Jula Nagelsmann was out of the cup last season as well they was knocked out by Villarreal last year in the Champions League. So what are they going to do now? I mean, 3-0, uh, I mean, there is always a hope. But you can imagine, can you see Erling Haaland or Manchester City go off a football pitch without scoring goals? N not at the moment. So it's quite interesting because I, I was saying global brand, family club, 10 people speaking to the press, moles all over the club, so many different media outlets here in, in Germany trying to do that politics. And believe me, Marcus, I've already bought the papers this morning. I've already bought all the magazines this morning. I follow the 
TV shows, the radio show, the podcast, the evaluation is going big time already. And what is that evaluation like? What's the what's the general topic? Is it to coach? Is it is it transferring the topic of accountability higher up to a to a Salahamidic and Khan? What's that discussion like at the moment? Well, I was sitting two and a half hours yesterday just teasing my uh, colleagues in Germany because it's quite easy for me to. I think that's one of the reasons, I've got to be honest, I think this is one of the reasons that I can be so free when I talk in Germany because I don't care. I give a fuck, uh, quite honestly, uh, because I, I'm going back on a plane uh, after the show. These people, they have to go to Sebenerstrasse, they have to work with Bayern Munich every day. They are. Um, count, they need to have uh, the connections there every day. I don't have that. So, so in 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 no disrespect to the people I'm talking because they can't be that honest. I can be honest. So my evaluation is quite easy. They have they've, they've done that card now, uh, and now they have to ask themselves what have we done right, what have we done wrong. Uh, I will start with the fact, Marcus. That is for all there to see. They played the most important game of the season last night against Manchester City. And none, except for Delict, of the players Salahamisic brought in was in the starting 11. Cancelo was not in the starting 11. 11. Remember, he was celebrated as the biggest star coming to Germany since Claudia Schiffer came back with a supermodel uh, uh, brand. Uh, you don't have a Mané. Remember, he was the biggest thing that could happen to him. How can we get a player like this from Liverpool? Wow, fantastic. And the whole, they bought more or less the whole um, uh, Ajax team, the Gravenbech, Gravenbech uh, with Maturawi and uh, Blint. We're all celebrated by Salahamisic by, by my colleagues here in Germany. That's why I started by saying I got respect for them because sometimes they want to do that. So, so my uh, some one of my colleagues yesterday was um, Plettenberg, who works with a transfer update for Sky, and he said, "Yeah, we all celebrated." No, no, no. Salahamidzic was all celebrated because of, and I said, "But you celebrated. You were a part of. We are a part of this." And that is a, a, a bit the problem. So five of the players Salahamidzic brought in didn't play in the most important game of the season. That means that the the transfer politic of Bayern has been going bad, terribly bad. And I, don't let me even start on doing the strikers. Remember, they did everything to get Erling Haaland. They did everything. They, Bayern said, no, 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 uh, Jan, that is not correct. No, 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 no. The, the German journalist said, no, it's not correct that they didn't negotiate with him, didn't meet him, didn't give him a unbelievable big package uh, offered and Bayern said no we didn't and then uh, then uh, Lewandowski got pissed Lewandowski went to Barcelona and Bayern Munich ending up with no striker Marcus no striker and you and my me we are so we have so much respect for Chopo Mateng but Chopo Mateng was someone they found in a room they, they, they kind of, why why don't we have a look at him? Maybe he, he can be more than a replacement. Uh, to, to be fair to him, he did brilliantly. He scored four goals in the Champions League. He was out yesterday and they didn't have a striker. They played with Gnabry yesterday. Gnabry didn't even touch the ball. I can't remember he touched the ball the whole game. Thomas Müller was on the bench. They always say that is a big decision you have to do. But Thomas Müller was on the bench because he's not the number nine. So is Bayern Munich yesterday playing Manchester City who have the best striker in the world in Erling Haaland 
And his replacement, his stand-in is Alvarez, who is world champion, scored four goals, scoring goals for fun at Manchester City. But if it wasn't for Erling Haaland, he would be one of the buys of the season. When Alvarez came on yesterday for De Bruyne, Manchester City looked better. And Manchester and, and Bayern Munich has failed to have a striker at all. And remember, and I remember, I got a memory like an elephant. And people want to for, don't for forget that all the things that's been said. Julian Hagelsmann said, without a striker, we, will, we, we can be even better. We can be more flexible when we play without a striker. Well, all the best. We've seen the, we see the result now. So, yes, it's got to go back to Salah Hamisic, who is head of sport and head of the recruitment process. Just to conclude on that, before we go into our, our next uh, rather uh, engaging topic, my thoughts on that is, and based on what you're saying, it's always been this resetting of the narrative. And resetting the narrative too many times gives the impression of a bit of insecurity, of um, not quite knowing what they want. And I think their transfer policies, policies the way they've communicated it, the way it's resulted uh, now with crashing out, you know, 3-0, it's going to be tough. I've just never been entirely convinced by, by Salah Hamid and Khan. While I also respect that they might be very good at their job, they're young at it and they're taking over a global brand. But the same, uh, the same cynicism that evolved around Nagelsmann sacking hasn't applied in equal measure to them. And at some point they will need to be you know, held account for what they are producing or lack thereof as well. Well, there is. A, I'm not sure if there's the same expression in England, but uh, but they say in Germany uh, uh, it starts thinking from the top. It's always from the top it starts thinking when the thing is going wrong, and that's why I started the um, the uh, card firing the manager has already been tried. So now we're going to the next level. That is Salah Hamidic. Then we go later to the next level. Uh, that is Oliver Kahn. I predict that this Tuchel, he he gives a fuck. I, I, sorry, I'm very um, uh, influenced now by listening to leading by the rest of politics. You know, I, I was a... actually thinking because I just came from a run <laughs> and I listened to that episode and one of his favorite expressions was his favorite fuck off was fuck the fuck off. And I was just thinking, yeah. you, are, you are bearing a bit of resemblance to this episode. Yeah, exactly. And I'm very influenced by the uh, uh, main character in succession, of course. Uh, uh, but what, what I'm saying is that I predict that's going to be a big problem with Tuchel. I'm not saying that a big problem with being Tuchel, but Tuchel, he's not the guy that will, will, will have a look that people around him doesn't function. So remember, there was a, a kind of conflict between Hansi Flick and Salah Hamisic. I can see this conflict with with Tuchel, I, I know they've talked a lot about this. I know they, that Tuchel has said, yeah, I will work with the players I do have. But it was a great uh, or, or a clear signal yesterday when he put Müller out of the team, Cancelo out of the team, Mane out of the team. I can see that. Then before we go to the next topics, I, I will stop a bit with, with Oliver Kahn. Because sport is so harsh. Sport is brutal, Marcus. You either have results or you don't have results. And that is the same for a CEO. Oliver Kahn is not only a CEO, he is CEO of one of the biggest brands in Germany. So the Hugo Boss, Adidas, Allianz and all these um, uh, multinational 
company and BMW, BMW uh, Mercedes and so on, Audi, Volkswagen, okay, there's so many in Germany, but he is CEO. And the reason he's CEO is that, and I'm harsh now, is that he used to be a goalkeeper for Bayern Munich. It, it was told to us that that was the most important ability he had, or maybe in the queue of former Bayern player, he was the one. Philip Lahm is now the organization. Uh, he's the um, head of the committee for the Euros 2024. He was another guy who was, uh, uh, they talked about getting that job, but, but he is there. So he need to prove himself as well. It's not enough to sit on a press conference and have some uh, uh, good articulated sentences by evaluation of the inconsistency of Julian Nagelsmann. You have to produce. So I think that is the next, uh, the next, next topics. They, they, they gave out 20, 25 million euro for Julian Nagelsmann. It was should be a beginning of an era. 21 months later, he is gone. So I think now the next big attention in Germany and in and around the club will be Salah Hamidzic and also Oliver Kahn because Tuchel, Tuchel is not one you fuck with, Marcus, in terms of leading and Alistair Campbell and uh, succession. On that note, let's uh, look forward to our our other hotly debated topic, and and that you've uh, you've amassed quite the engagement with your tweets and 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 comments on SPN and and what have you on the Bellingham situation, in which you stated that Liverpool have put in a offer, but then also that we've seen reports of of Liverpool's interests cooling off due to the due to the um, the combined package of of the deal um could you just fill us in on on where we are with that at the moment uh, first of all i'm no not a fabrizio romano or a, or a christian falk i'm not a, a transfer journal who is always there what i when i when i tweet something i tweet something that i get through my sources through my uh the people of my network so then i, I put it out so i tweeted yesterday that uh, Jude Bellingham, who is at Dortmund, that Liverpool has put in an offer for him. Uh, what's quite interesting was that then the next hour, there was a, a lot of tweets that Liverpool was out of the race for Jude Bellingham. So I got 24 hours now to think about this. First of all, my source is unbelievable reliable. So I tried to uh, then do the analysis on how this 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 situation is because I don't know when this offer was put into Dortmund. Uh, I was not told. I was only told that there's been uh, an offer to Dortmund. So, so the timeline for me, Marcus, is one: Liverpool are desperate to get Jude Bellingham. They say he's his number one target, and he's an Englishman. He's Englishman. Uh, they need. They desperately need a player for midfield, at least one, because the the midfield is not good. Point two, we are told by the same people who are now reporting that they, they cool their interest, so they probably got good sources at Liverpool Football Club, that the um, that he was their favourite. So he was favourite, Jude Bellingham wanted to go to Liverpool, and you know the process, and uh, talk to his family or cousins or whatever. Then three, I reported yesterday there was an offer, and then straight after, they're saying that it's cooled down. So, so not to do too much conspiracy on it, I think that it's, it's quite easy to, to understand what has happened, is that Liverpool had put in an offer for, for the player, 
uh, I put an offer in an amount X, Y. I have no idea what the price is. I just know that there was an offer. And then Dortmund have told them how unbelievable far they are away from the expectation of Borussia Dortmund. The big difference between Jude Bellingham and Erling Haaland is, of course, the transfer fee was no issue because he had a close. Uh, Jude Bellingham doesn't have that. So Dortmund, who has been trying desperately to keep Jude Bellingham, they said that if they, we let him go, we need a lot of, lot of money. And I think that is what is happening. Liverpool have put in an offer. And Dortmund have told them that is far, far away from our expectations. A bit similar uh, to uh, to the Bayern theory then, that they weren't interested in Holland at all. I guess it's a, a in which you excel in also, is a matter of communications and how it comes across. Liverpool, I'm sure, don't want to come across as weak or losing out on a battle either for their most prized target. Um, but I suppose, concluding this, we did speak with Fabrizio about um, him possibly staying, in which there was relative certainty that he won't. But considering Bellingham's talent, considering his longevity and all that he has accomplished so far, could we could he be prized out out of any club and maybe stay? No, I don't think that. I don't think so. I think that Dortmund has have worked very hard to keep him because he's a young lad. You can tell him to him stay for for another season. Look how close we are to Bayern Munich. We could end up winning the Bundesliga. We can do do well for ourselves. I mean, the, the two games with Chelsea in the Champions League was um, talk was a bit against the development of, of the club. But there is one interesting factor or two interesting factor, Marcus, that I want to end with. First of all, the processes when clubs are into big players, because there's always a stage, there's always a, a time when the clubs say, no, we, we have cooled our interest. Bayern, use, Bayern Munich used the same thing about, about not the same, but in somehow they, they, they even said that we're not interested in, Bayern, in Erling Haaland. Uh, when we knew that they were talking to him, when we knew that Erling Haaland actually was in Munich. And then there came photos and I was just sitting there in the studio. Okay. And then now, like I said, with, with all the money they've offered him, that maybe the package from Bayern Munich was even better for Erling Haaland than by Manchester City. So then you're ending up with a Pinocchio nose. What is quite interesting also in the process now is that you don't want to be seen. You, you, you will find a way. You want to own the truth. So you will say, no, it was too expensive for us. It was too expensive for us. There's no way that we're going to spend all the money on one player. We're going to go with three, four players. Kind of calm down your shareholders. And who are the shareholders? The fans. The fans on Twitter. The fans everywhere. They make the atmosphere, the Stimmung, the, the atmosphere in and around the club. And the secondly, I have to put a, a bit red flag on Dortmund because I love Dortmund. I played my first game at, uh, at Dortmund. Great stadium, great club. But there is a pattern here. When when Tuchel left Dortmund, they apparently had a bad attitude. When Erling Haaland left Dortmund, apparently he had a bad, bad attitude. And now when Jude Bellingham is going to leave Dortmund, apparently got a bad attitude as well. So there is a pattern here. Let's just be aware of not only what has been said, but let's just be aware of why is it is said, when is it said, and for which purpose is things uh, to be said. And I think that's what we have to learn in this process. And I think that is people like myself and people 
who 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 lives by uh, do the analysis of uh, those situations got to be aware and try to read between the lines. So good words to end on that. Well, well said. Um, that concludes our episode for for now, Dad. As we discussed the main topics in around Bundesliga and and world football, you will be reviewing the Champions League games for Sevos TV tonight, and then um, we will catch up again reviewing the Bundesliga round following the next weekend. As we do indeed, Dad, have a title race. It is April, and we can still say that we have a Bundesliga title race. We have an extremely exciting relegation race, uh, if you can say put it that way. Um, so we'll catch up then. Auf Wiedersehen.